0: To get your copy, visit our website at TruthSeekersMysterySeries.com. Mystery Series.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. You probably answered that with, of course. And if you're like most parents, the answer is, I put my family first all the time, every day, 24-7. Yet all family time and focus is not created equal. And In this podcast today, we're going to discuss what a family needs as well as the enemy who seeks to divide families from each other. Welcome everyone, my name is Felice Gerwitz and this is episode 460, Family First. You can find the show notes for today's episode at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com and if you would share this podcast with a friend as well as giving me a star rating. You can also visit VintageHomeschoolMoms.com again for the notes and other episodes and MediaAngels.com for books and products that I've created for the family. If you are part of our weekly email list at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network, you will get our current freebie, which is as of 2022. So if you're listening to this year, you're in luck. You will be getting a monthly planner that is a checklist that is focused on each month. You may want to catch last week's podcast, and that is episode um, 459, and that um, was all about monthly checklists, and I went through an entire year. It's a little bit longer than usual podcasts, but I think you'll enjoy it, and it just kind of gives you an overall of what you can do each month as a family. So what is quality family time to you? I wish we were sitting in a room where we could discuss it. For many of us, the answer is going to vary. It could be spending time teaching your kids. It can be feeding your family, eating dinner together, doing the laundry, and even doing family chores together. How is it that kids from the same parents turn out so differently? And how are we as parents to look for signs that our kids are pulling away? And what part of that is normal? These are all questions we ask ourselves, and when we put our family first, we're going to be tuned in and be able to see these things. So many times people say, well, I don't even know what happened. Well, and the question I ask is, well, how much time do you really spend with your family? And when you spent it with your family, was it a parallel spending of time, or was it really togetherness? First, I want to dispel the myth that there is no perfect family on this side of heaven. Did I make mistakes? A ton. But what I did learn from my mistakes is you can't get back that time you don't spend with your family. I think we can agree that there is a culture out there that seeks to destroy family. And in this show, I'm going to point out some pitfalls as well as some solutions on how to combat the real enemy that wants to destroy families I believe that most people want what's best for their children and how they do that and how they go about doing it is going to vary in, um, you know, time you'll look back and you'll say, these are the things that worked and these things didn't, and then you can revamp it. Sometimes the damage is done and you don't know how to work it out. And if that has happened in your life, please seek counsel. It's never too late. And you can, you know, work with your kids or apologize to them. Or if they've hurt you, you can work on some ways to reconcile. Sometimes people think that, well, family time is just giving our kids a kid's gift or um, spending, uh, you know, providing for them by going to work. Unfortunately, this can translate into time spent away from the children or in direct contact with them on a daily basis, but really not seeing them. Um, I remember teaching a class one time and one of the kids said to me, well, you don't understand. And I said, no, that's right. I was never 14. I was 13 and skipped ahead to 23 or however old I was at that time. And, you know, he looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I said, of course I was the same age you were at one time. I do understand, and I think sometimes our children don't realize that we know what they're going through. I do believe there's a fallacy in the idea of quality time, and I think this is a distinction that was created by overworked parents that wanted to alleviate their guilt. Sure, you can have quality time with your kids, and we can't be with them 24-7, but are we present when we are with them? I have several pet peeves that I'm going to share on this broadcast, and I'm sure you'll be able to figure out my bias at some point. The crux of the issue is that many dads are missing in action. They're missing in the family, one, due to a very real need, and that is work. Parents have to support their family in some way. And then, you know, a lot of times they want their wives to work. And I was just really blessed that that wasn't an issue in my family, that once Um, I became pregnant that we had decided that I would stay home uh, with our baby. Did we have, um, you know, as much money as the dual income families? No. Did it take us seven years to be able to save up money to buy some land and to build a house? Yes. Um, But that's okay. And that's the choices that we made as a family. The breakdown of a family came swiftly and without warning, and it has led to brokenness, but it doesn't always have to be that way. Unfortunately, we are raised in a society with acronyms like WIFM and FOMO. So the first one is, what's in it for me? And the second is the fear of missing out. Both of these things are toxic to families. We don't have to do everything, and we don't have to worry about missing out. We need to instill that in our children as well. I found myself volunteering for homeschooling activities, church activities, and even a women's group that I was part of, all without my husband. And finally, he pointed out the obvious, that I was spending more time away from him and the children. And I wouldn't have seen it myself, and it was a very slow progress of me to get on board with what he was saying. I finally realized I needed to retire from all of these events. And that got some pushback from some of my friends. You know, well, you're not spending any time with yourself and you're with your kids all the time because you're homeschooling. But truthfully, I didn't see how volunteering, you know, to put on all of these uh, plays, which I did at one point for the entire homeschool group with another friend of mine or planning these, you know, extensive co-ops or uh, retreats at our church for the teens was really helping my little ones that needed me at home. So I had to have that pointed out by my husband, and I wish I could say, you know, it was so great, and I realized my mistake, and it was just so easy. It wasn't easy, and it caused a little bit of a hardship between us. He realized that because he was the primary breadwinner and had to be gone, one of us needed to be that constant in our family, and that had to be me. And I have to tell you, there's nothing that I have um, done outside of the family that I can point out as being as self-fulfilling as being with my children and homeschooling them. The issue was that I was so focused outside of the house and, you know, thinking just like many of you, well, no one else is going to do it and no one else is going to plan a field trip and I need to do it. No one else is going to do a co-op. So I have to do it that I was neglecting my own family. And then I realized, you know what? If there is going to be a field trip, I'll plan it for my family. And if I am going to do a co-op, I might pull in one or two families. I don't have to offer it to 15 other families with a gazillion kids who may not be contributing as well. Even when I began working at home on my publishing business, and that was after my two oldest children were in their teens, and then I got pregnant with child number three right when I launched my company. So when I had little little ones at home and I started a publishing business and I was speaking at conferences, I had to really look at it as a balancing act. And again, I'm thankful to my husband and who kept me on track and didn't let me write, you know, the 50 books I had in my head and only wrote 20, I think, when all was said and done. And I have taken a break from writing books as I've gotten older, even. Uh, so, you know, I think there was a break of four or five years um, between my second to the last and my last book. And I haven't written another book to date. My husband ran his own business and was usually on a construction job site somewhere, but he made plans to leave super early in the morning before the kids were up, and usually he was home anywhere from 4 to 4.30, and this gave us plenty of time as a family uh, so that we could do things together, and that might mean sitting around and reading books each evening, which we did, or, um, you know, talking as a family at dinner. Once my kids started playing sports, it got a little bit dicey. Um, often I would have to pack sandwiches in the car as we were driving to the field and, um, you know, bring something for my husband to eat because he was their coach and we would meet him there. But we always made that time as much as we could because they didn't have practices every day and they didn't have games every day. So in between, we made sure to talk to them about different things and everything, as my kids said, was a learning moment. They were talking about car schooling and how much we did in the car and talked about as a family. For our family, faith was important. And I find that the breakdown in many families today is a lack of faith. The adage that the family that prays together stays together is so true, but I want to add that the family that takes time to seek a personal relationship with Christ is not only going to be a closer family, but it's also going to be under attack. With faith gone, the door is open for all types of activities that are detrimental to a healthy family life. That means an increase in porn and other internet sites that are harmful. I cannot tell you And I'm sure you know the statistics of that. And it's just uh, absolutely horrendous. So what's the solution? The first is to make a plan. And that means a focus on how you're going to spend your time together and what you're going to be spending time doing. I do this even now with my adult kids. There's always some sort of activity that we are going to do over Christmas break when they're home as well as something meaningful that we are going to be doing as a family. Family meals are a great so- start, but sitting in front of the television is not considered family time, or it shouldn't be considered family time. Instead, look at ways to spend time doing an activity together. Is there a game or even putting together a puzzle over a series of days that you can you know, spend time doing? This year, I pulled out a Christmas bingo that I had for the grandkids, but I pulled it out and we played it as a family with my adult kids. They had such a blast. They're hilarious. And we really had a good time. I thought, well, we'll play one game of bingo, but they ended up playing four or five different games and it was like the winner of two or three. My kids are very competitive, but we had so much fun doing it. And yes, I did get to play with the grandkids later when they came over. There are things you can do that are 15 to 30 minutes each, and then you can go sit and watch TV if that's what you do as a family to relax. But you can do some things. There are so many icebreakers or um, games that you can play together that just is going to give you a little bit of time that's not so focused on what they're doing wrong or what they need to change, or you didn't help me do this, or you didn't finish your chores. It's just a focus on family time, something that you guys can do and bond together. Do your children know that they can come to you with any problem or issue? I saw so many of my friends that got in trouble and did things that they really needed to talk to their parents about and they just didn't. And what they did was they hid what they did wrong and then eventually got caught doing it. If you have a relationship with your kids, you need to let them know that even if they're in trouble and it's something that's horrible, they need to come to you for help. Because if they don't come to you, they're going to go somewhere else. This is not the time to react, parents. This is a time to hate the sin, but love your children. And believe me, those times do come whether we want them to or not, and how we're going to deal with a situation is going to go a long way toward cementing that relationship with your child. Are you an encourager? My husband has this gift. I wish I could say this is a gift I have, but I don't. Um, The gift of encouraging does come, but I have to work at it. Jeff does have the gift of encouraging and he would always encourage our children in the big as well as the small things. I often felt guilty because I was so honed in on the discipline that my kids missed some of that encouragement from me. And that's why when I realized we could do these little family activities together, that they could see that, hey, mom can have fun. Um, I would always say that I had a good relationship with my children, but I was not their friend. And I remember hearing one of my other adult friends saying, well, you know, my kids are not my friends. And I said, that's not really a bad thing when they're younger. They have to know who the disciplinarian is and what is expected of them. Children like boundaries. They like routines. They like to know what's expected of them. And many times, so so many parents want to be their children's friend that they're lacking that important part of what it means to be a parent. There's time to be their friends when they get older. You know, I go shopping with my daughters. We sit on the phone and laugh at silly things. I find out, you know, what's happening in their lives. And that's a different type of friendship that comes, you know, after the teaching and the disciplining and all of that is done. I want my children to come to me again with their fears or their concerns. As much as possible, eat family meals together. And for heaven's sake, leave those digital devices in your pocket, in the bedroom, in another room, and do not look at them until after a meal. Uh, My husband's job often requires him to be on the phone. And like I've said to him, there isn't anyone who needs to call you and interrupt a family meal. I mean, we've been out to dinner before and he's handed me you know, his phone and say, would you please quickly text, you know, so-and-so and I'll do it. But then I'll say, I'm, I'm going to keep this phone and I'm putting it away and we're going to have a quiet dinner without our phone. Uh, so they're always teasing me if my phone rings during dinner, because I'm the first one to say, put them away. But, um, you know, unless there's an emergency, you're expecting someone to call, you have parents who are ill, your kids are not at home, There are exceptions to when you have to have your phone near you, but when it keeps, you know, beeping and, you know, vibrating or whatever, it's very distracting. So no devices at the table, period. Same goes when you're doing your family events. So here's a quick list of ideas that you can use to reinforce and bond with your family and be sure to brainstorm different ideas together. So... The first is to make time for weekly family events, whatever works for your family. I'm not going to give you a big list. You know what works for your family. Talk to your family. See what they want to do. The second is look at your schedule. Are you spending more free time away from home than with your family? I wish someone had said that to me early on uh, so that I didn't get sucked into that vortex of, you know, I am needed and I need to help everyone. The third is when you talk to the members of your family, are you looking at them or are you multitasking? There's nothing more irritating to me than someone who's not paying attention to what I'm saying or dishes b- that are being washed in the background or whatever. I remember um, early on when I had my home business, one of the courses I took was on you know, running a business at home. This is way back in the day. And like one of the things they said is don't be washing dishes when you're on a conference call. You know, the sound can be picked up. Well, now with noise canceling headsets and so forth, maybe that isn't quite the case, but you can't focus. Yes, we can multitask, but this is not a time to do it. Uh, Number four, devices. Yes, that's a pet peeve of mine. Leave electronics far away from family time or family meals unless absolutely necessary. And you know what that means. And number five, which could be number one, but I wanted to leave it to the last because it's important. Faith is important to every family. Having that good foundation to grow and seek to grow all the time. My husband used to say that if you're not growing in your faith, you're not just stagnant, you're moving backwards. And that is so true. How many husbands I knew that were in charge of Bible studies or leading Bible studies that eventually left their wives? You know, you can point to all different kinds of factors, but just because you do something that's noble or good doesn't necessarily mean you have a faith relationship with our Lord and that is something that only we can do ourselves. We can't hire it out, we can't, you know, keep looking online for everything. I, I have a podcast, a few minutes with God podcast, and I try to keep it short and so many times when I podcast on a topic I I'm talking to myself and the Lord is reminding me that I'm the one who needs to hear this message. So a lot of times I grow in faith just doing my own podcast. Friends, there's so much more I can say, but I want you to seek your own family ideas and time and remember that your family is first and foremost, more important than any job, than anything out there that is going to be gone, but your family is so important. Brainstorm ways that you can work together to show your family that their needs are more important than anyone else and that they too will learn to put family first above friends Thanks so much for joining me today for this episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. You can find the show notes for today's episode at Family First at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. And please share this episode with a friend as well as giving me a star rating. Take care, everyone. God bless. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the Vintage Homeschool Moms dot com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the ultimate homeschool radio network.